Good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome to Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We are the church. Say it. We are the church. That's right. The church is not a building. The church is the people in the building. We are a small part of a global body of believers. I love to meditate on that. I love to meditate on that because I'm like a, I, I love to be home. I love my little crew. And sometimes the Lord just breaks me out of that comfortable space and turns my attention to the fact that we are a part of a massive body, global body of believers connected. And each week I've been talking about how we connect into the presence of God. And in that connection, there's unity. We may not agree next to one another about 10 different things, but when we plug into the presence of God, we are brought into unity with the Father and into unity with one another. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. We're going to prepare our hearts to worship the King. We're going to prepare our hearts to receive from heaven today. We're going to prepare our hearts to believe God today. To believe God today, Jason and I were having a conversation on the way to church this morning, and there's this thing that happens where we know the truth. Like, I know the truth that God loves me. But whether or not that truth is, is believed to such a degree that it affects every thought and every action, that's the process. That's the, that is the growing of faith, of bringing it into effectiveness in our life, and identifying those areas of those areas where we are saying that we believe God, but our actions say otherwise. That's just an area. Once you identify it, then you see it and you say, oh God, grow me. Oh God, I see it now. I see it now. I see it now. And you can begin to press in and you can begin to dig into that and you can begin to get free. So praise God. I'm going to read a call to worship. It's out of Psalm 27. Just listen with me this morning. You can close your eyes. You can begin to lift your hands. You can begin to prepare your hearts. This is the word of God. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold, to see, to perceive the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Father, we come today to see you. We seek you today, God of heaven and God of earth. We seek you today. Be exalted in this place. Jesus, be enthroned in this place. We celebrate you. We worship you. And we seek you, God. We yield to you today. Grow us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 12, 12, um, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, 
And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I consider Jesus a lot, often, when I'm going through things, particularly things that are personally and deeply painful to me and unfair and not right. I consider Jesus because every suffering Everything he did was particularly hurtful and unfair and unearned. I consider him so that I will not grow weary. I, can, I, I encourage you today to consider him. I also consider Jesus for this other reason that to me it's like, oh, well, that's selfish. It's not. I fix my thoughts on him so that I can have perfect peace. It's in Isaiah. There's no other way. Um, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him, on the Lord. So whatever you're going through today, whatever the issue is, whatever the concern, whatever the distraction keeping you from, from worship, fix your mind on Jesus and consider Jesus. We are going to take communion together. Uh, the, The supernatural impartation of grace We're going to, you know, he said, do this in remembrance of me. He didn't just say, think, it wasn't like remembrance there isn't think of me fondly every time you take communion. That's not that type of remembrance. It's the word there means we bring it into today. We remember it. We take it from 2,000 plus years ago and we bring it into today. The veil is torn today. The sins are forgiven today. His body is broken today for us. His blood is shed today for us. So even right now as I speak, you can begin to move down to the communion tables. The center plate is gluten-free, and your juice is stacked on top of your cracker. Um, You can circle back around to your seats, and Pastor Jason, you're going to come on up and lead us in communion. God, you are worthy. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Lord. We look to Jesus. You are the author, the finisher, Jesus.
before we partake of communion, I set my phone down and the Lord was like, you're not done yet. You didn't tell him. You didn't tell him. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You are the joy that was set before him. You, 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 you were the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Not the perfected version of you that you're always striving for that you think he loves more. You here, you now. You are the joy that was set before him. That he endured the cross. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's just reflect on that just for a moment here before we take the elements. You are the joy. I am the joy set before him. He did it for me. He did it for you. Because he loves us so much. come before you this morning with thankful hearts, with grateful hearts, for the grace and mercy and power and glory, all the things displayed on the cross and the resurrection. Lord, we thank you for your body broken for us, for your blood shed for us. thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much, that we are such joy to you in your eyes that you would do that for us. And we thank you for it, Lord. The Bible says, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Church, why don't you stand with me, please? We're going to continue to worship the Lord. As always, the altars are open. I just want us to pour our hearts out to him today, just as we took this communion, to realize and understand that we were the joy set before him. What an amazing, amazing revelation from the Lord this morning. So let's worship him. As a church family, we've been um, 
learning about the believer's authority for a couple weeks now. And last week, man, we sang that song, I Speak Jesus. We just speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus, the line of Judah, the root of David, the great I am, Yeshua, Emmanuel. We speak the name of Jesus and every knee will bow in heaven and on earth at the name of Jesus. That was from the Lord because the scripture he just gave me was Philippians 2. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Lord, we just worship you today. We thank you today. We lift your name up. The name above every name. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. 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 Oh, we thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. We're going to go into a time of greeting one another um, and just getting situated, getting some logistical stuff done before we come together to hear the word. Uh, If you have brought your tithes and offerings with you this morning, there will be two buckets up here up front. Bring them joyfully to the Lord, trusting him with your seed, and he will bring the increase. He has never failed, not one, just not one single time in our lives to bring the increase. So I encourage you to have great joy in that this morning. Uh, Kid Corner, if you're an ECF kid, you know the drill. Your bags are over there. If you're a guest with children ages 7 and up, uh, you can meet me over there. Or if you have a younger child who's going to stay with you, you can meet me over at Kid Corner. We have some, some fun things to keep their hands busy during the rest of the service. The family room is open for families to listen to the service together while the kids play. The nursery is open for babies. Uh, ECF Littles Ministry is open. Praise God. Just praise God for the body of Christ who go and they serve and they just pour into our kids and they pour, they're pouring into us. When Maggie Mae goes out there, you know, it happens to be my other daughter, Lila, this morning is pouring into her. They're pouring in they're pouring into our family. So praise God. It just makes me so excited. All right. So all of that is for you. Uh, let's greet one another. Am I forgetting anything? Guests. Rahina, muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. <laughs> caught. She was caught. She was trying to go. She was trying not to let her left hand know what her right hand was doing. (laughs) Um, If you're a first-time guest, we welcome you. Gosh, we're always just excited to worship the Lord. We're excited to share our hearts with you. Um, If this is your first time, there's a connection card on the back of all the seats. You can put your name, your email. We'll send you a welcome email. Um, you can grab one of us. We, we'd love to talk with you and just say hi. So that's their church, you know, prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies. Um, use the card. Use the card. It's there for you. It's there for you um, to just j- connect in with, with us so that we know how to pray for you and that we can rejoice with you. So those connection cards go in the offering buckets as well. All right, let's take a break.
All right, church, you guys could grab your seats. Just have a few announcements for you guys, and we'll get our uh, Jeremy and Jocelyn Gall up here to minister. We're so looking forward to that. Okay, guys, a couple things. Number one, thank you for your prayers. Uh, as we had mentioned last week, we went away on a uh, marriage intensive, marriage conference, uh, whatever it was, uh, it was good. Uh, it was really good. We had a great time, uh, challenging time. And so I know we had mentioned it last week. Somebody said, oh, I'm surprised to see you. I thought you were still there. They only pick marriage intensives only a few days long because that's all you can handle of digging deep into your deepest, darkest secrets and needs and challenges, right? As they peel the onion back and they get deeper in the layers, it can only go for a few days. And it was for pastors specifically uh, and regarding leading a church as well. It was called Alignment, which was fantastic, which was good. And I also know the reason why they put us up at the beach on the oceanfront. Because after you go through those sessions, you need a few minutes to go down and feel the sand, look at the sun, and hear the waves. And just be like, thank you, Jesus. You are with me. (laughs) You are faithful all the time. Amen. So the other thing I learned uh, at the marriage retreat that I'm going to give you all a little secret on is Tuesday is Valentine's Day. (laughs) You're welcome, gentlemen. You are welcome. That's right. Don't forget, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. In all reality, I do have two announcements I want to share with you. Uh, We are going to be launching a Bible study uh, before church on Sunday mornings. It is going to start on March 5th. And it is going to be hosted and led by Eden Miller. Eden, if you want to just stand up real quick. That's Eden. So uh, she's going to be hosting this uh, group. All right. Woo. I think we have a slide up, Paul Ford. I hope we do. Uh, it's called Prepare to Stand uh, is the name of the group. There is a sign-up in the back table for it. And let me tell you a little bit about what it is. Uh, this is led. It's a video-driven Bible study. It's by Pastor Andrew Brunson. And this gentleman, he was falsely accused, he's a pastor, he was falsely accused of terrorism when he was in Turkey. And he was put into a Turkish prison. prison. Uh, After this worldwide prayer movement, he was eventually released. But he felt this urgency to share what had happened to him, not all the details, but what was going on in his heart. What was going on in his heart and the challenges in his heart. He said during the first year when he was in prison, Andrew said he broke under the pressure. God began to rebuild him. And this eight-week series, he is going to share the important things he learned to help him to be faithful in standing during any situation that we have. And I did the first week. I watched it myself. It was very, very good. But some of the stuff is recognizing danger, overcoming fear, guarding your heart against offense, building perseverance, avoiding deception. How many would be interested in any of those topics, right? So it is going to be an eight-week Bible study uh, that starts on March 5th. If you're interested, there's a sign-up in the back. Uh, We just encourage you to sign up for that. It'll be on Sunday mornings from 8.30 to 9.30. At the moment, there is no uh, child care provided uh, for that time, so you'd have to arrange that as you can. But it's 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning before church. And then... What's that? Up at the Rose Center, yep. And then the other announcement I have is this Friday, everybody say this Friday, Friday. we have a worship and prayer night, Uh, it's going to start at 7 p.m., and I think we talked about last week what's the difference between a worship night, a prayer night, 
and a worship and prayer night. Uh, so worship and prayer is we are going to worship God uh, together. We are going to allow him to move in our midst, and we will take time out to specifically pray as the Lord leads. No specific topics going into it, but as the Lord leads, we will spend some time praying as well. So if you're interested, I hope you are, on Friday night, it's a 7 p.m. start. Uh, we're going to be right here in the sanctuary. We're going to have a worship and prayer night, and I'm very much uh, looking forward to it. Amen. Okay, so offering. I want to continue to worship the Lord uh, with our tithes and our offerings. Uh, we do have our dear, dear friends here uh, today, and just I want to mention now, so don't forget, if you do want to give to Jeremy Gall Ministries, uh, just write it on the special speaker line on an offering envelope. You can do it after service and put it in the box that's back there if you've already given here this morning, uh, but I just want to encourage you to bless them and bless their ministry. Uh, they're, they're doing a fantastic work, and I'm sure they'll share uh, some of that with us this morning. So Acts 5, this is part of our reading this week that really just hit me. Acts 5, verse 38 and 39, says this, And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. I feel like I, I read that as just, you know when you're reading the Bible sometimes and it's just like, you read a verse and you're just like, Hurt. that was me stopping. Hurt. That's the noise I make. It's kind of like a car, right? It feels, I don't have anti-lock brakes when I'm reading the Bible. It's more like you just come to a skidding, screeching halt. When you read something, it was like, whoa, it will come to nothing. If this plan, if the plans that we make and the purposes in our life is only of us, is only our ideas, is only what we think is going to happen, how we want to see it happen, the Bible clearly states, guess what, guys? It's going to come to nothing. Woo. Then verse 39, I love when there's the but God. Amen? There's always, there's so many in the Bible, but God. So here it is. So but if it is of God, you can't overthrow it. If it's of God and you're aligned with God and trusting him in your finances, your investments, in your relationships, and whatever it is that you have, when you're aligned with him and trusting in him, nothing can overthrow it. Why not? Lest, even, lest you even be found to fight against God. When God's on our side, the most powerful, powerful God and Lord of all creation is on our side. Amen? What a wonderful thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Father, for every gift, every giver this morning, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are just so good to us. As Pastor Liz said, Father, you have never failed to provide. So, Father, I just pray and speak every bill to be paid in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are paying the debt off in our homes and in our lives and in this church in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we will be debt-free Father God, as we prepare to stand against any scheme of the enemy because it has no place and it cannot succeed in our life. And we just thank you, Father, that you are with us and you are for us. And Father, I just pray a special blessing over the Gauls, Father. We just thank you for them, for their ministry. We look forward to what you will speak through them today. We give you all the honor, praise, and the glory. Amen and amen. Okay, well, I want to introduce to you, as most of you already know, because they're like family here. Jeremy, Jocelyn, and Cohen, uh, their son, who's another powerful minister of the Lord. And as Liz said last week, 
when they come, it's like an IV of faith. It's like, it's not just a little bit of faith. It's not just like, you know, I'm going to have a little meal, a little drink to get hydrated. I'm talking right in the vein, right in the vein. My whole body goes from whatever it was to full of faith that quickly. So we invite you guys out there. We love you guys. Thanks, man. Love you. I love you, man. Amen. I'm so honored to be with you guys. I've missed you. I feel like it's been a long time. Good to see you. Praise God. Everybody say, I'm leaving changed. Say, I'm leaving different. Say, I'm leaving better. Amen. Hallelujah. I understand there's a football game today. So I think the pastor told me it starts at 6, so I'll, I'll have you out of here by 5, I promise. No problem, amen. But uh, praise God. How many of you came expecting, though, seriously? Amen, amen. Jesus is here. Everybody say, Jesus is here. I, I'll give you uh, just some brief testimonies. Uh, we've, been, we've been busy already this year. I'm thanking God. We, we, uh, got a lot, we've had a lot of invitations end of last year and this year to a lot of countries. So, so many, we got to pray about which ones to go to. Um, we got invited to Turkey, actually. They've been in the news lately. We just got invited to Turkey, and uh, we're, we're working on going back to Vietnam. And we met with some friends about going back to Vietnam, praying about when to do that. That'll probably be uh, 2024. Uh, but in May, we're going to be going to North Macedonia and Albania. And uh, literally, the church in Macedonia call, I said they were crying out for evangelists. We heard through some friends who work in Albania. So we got a literal Macedonian call. <laughs> so we're going to answer that. And uh, just going to new churches here in the States. We got, you know, how many know that this country needs Jesus? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, we, we, we're... we're determined to do more than we've ever done before and praying for more open doors to reach new people and go to new places. So we're going to new churches this year. Praise God. And uh, this is just a brief overview. We went to an Indian reservation for the first time last year, and we thank God for that and saw miracles there. And there's other nations, South Korea, that we're praying about going to and different places. Egypt, yes, Egypt for sure. We got invited to go to Egypt and uh, teach in a Bible school there. So we're we're praying about all these things, and we're at, least, we're at least getting to Albania this year, possibly Egypt later in the year, doing a lot in the States, believing God for just miracle campaigns from coast to coast. And uh, you guys are a part of all of it. Amen. And uh, I just thank God for you. I thank God for your, your prayers and your partnership and your support. I thank God for this opportunity to be here this morning. And I believe that with Jesus, we can make a difference in our time, in our age. Amen. That, uh, that we have a vote Amen. Through our authority and through our prayer and everything that's going on in the world today. Somebody say amen. Say, I have a vote. It's not, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light. Amen. We are that city on a hill. We are the church. We are the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we have something to do with what happens and how things turn out on this earth. We are not just observers. We are not just spectators. Amen. We are not thermometers, but we are catalysts that bring change and make a difference. Amen. Every one of us, every person say, I make a difference. I'm so honored to have my wife, Jocelyn, with me, my son, Cohen. Glad that we're all together. My daughter's in Bible school. Eden's at Ramah. And uh, Cohen will be going next year. So praise God. He's, he's also wanting to go, but we're so glad to be with you. No place on the earth I'd rather be than right here with ECF this morning. Amen. 
Uh, I heard you guys have been talking about authority. That stirred my heart because I've got a message on authority this morning. Amen. I was praying about uh, what to speak on and a couple different things. I was, you know, how you, you going into this, you kind of start with some thoughts and then you just say, Lord, what do you have? And then definitely settled on authority. And uh, so if you turn with me in your Bibles, let's go to the book of John. Turn if you turn, scroll if you scroll, press buttons, amen. Unroll your papyrus scroll, whatever gets you to John chapter 4. And as you go to John chapter 4, I'm going to open in prayer. Father, I thank you for my friends here. It's good to be back at ECF. It's good to be here. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for bringing us here safely this morning. Thank you that we're in a place, that in a country where it's free, that we could come together unhindered, Father, to worship you, to hear from you. And Lord, we thank you. We call this morning significant, Father, that your word is going forth with power. Father, say what you want said. I, I, I depend on your ability, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you in advance for all that will be accomplished in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So John chapter 4, and let's start in verse 46. And it says, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and, and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And it says, then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. So verse 48, let me pause there for a second. Jesus said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will, by no, you will not believe. How many of you know that people haven't changed that much since this first took place? Amen, since Jesus said that. You know, uh, th this right here, this scripture right here is a great argument against cessationists. There's people that think that the miracles of God have stopped that, that God doesn't work miracles today. I mean, are, what, do we have better sinners now in 2022, you know, than we did then, that they're, that they're more apt to just believe, you know, are, are, they, are they less lost than they were 2,000 years ago, that, that they don't need as much as these, you know, that they're somehow just, you know, their lost condition is a less lost condition than these people Jesus was talking to. No, if people needed to see signs and wonders then to believe, they still need to see signs and wonders now to believe. Amen. Isn't that right? You people will not believe unless. There, uh, th there's one, there's, that means that there's, I believe, yeah, obviously there's people that do believe without seeing signs and wonders. Thank God for that. You know, that there's people, they just hear the word and they believe. But I think if, you know, here we could see clearly from scripture, there's some people that there is no other way to reach them. Amen. And I want you to know that God is not, God is willing and desiring to give them everything they need, amen, to make a decision for Jesus. How many believe that this morning? Yeah, there's people today in this nation, they won't believe unless they see signs and wonders, but thank God, he, he, he wants to work them. He still is the God who answers with fire, amen. He's still the God that confirms the word with signs following, praise God. So that's a little side message right there. So he says, you people will not believe unless you, see, unless you people see signs and wonders. You will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your, go your way, your son lives. So the, man, uh, so the man believed the word that was spoke to him, and he went his way. 
And he was now going down, and the servants met him and, and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, for the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Jesus said to him, he said, your son lives. Amen. Go your way, your son lives. I, 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 this is incredible here. This is, a, you know, he doesn't, Jesus just simply speaks the word. Everybody say, speak the word. He just says, go your way, your son lives. And, and he didn't have to have an all-night prayer meeting. Isn't that amazing? I believe in all-night prayer meetings. You know, I like, you know, I, I like, I like praying a lot. Amen. Jesus prayed a lot. Bible tells us at times he'd get up before the sun came up and he'd pray. And I look at that and I think if Jesus needed to pray, certainly we need to pray. If that was a part of Jesus' life, certainly it should be a part of our life. Amen. Fellowshipping with the Father, praying things out. Amen. And uh, he woke up early in the morning and he'd pray. But here you see he doesn't, he doesn't have, this boy is at the point of death. He's on his deathbed. And, and Jesus didn't, it didn't have to do anything extra, anything extensive uh, to help this boy. All he had to do was just say, your son lives, amen. He wasn't even there where he was. Isn't that incredible? He just said, your son lives, and the situation was turned around. Amen. Jocelyn and I and Cohen have been studying the miracles of Jesus, and we studied this one, and then another one that I'm going to refer to in a minute. And, um, you know, it's just amazing. I think it's so important to look at how he did it, because we build up traditions of ways to do things, you know. And we, we kind of slip into just the way that we get comfortable with and the way we do things. But here we see that just the, the, the power in the word of Jesus, the power in the command of Jesus, you know. All he said is, your son lives and the boy lived. And Jesus wasn't worried or concerned. He didn't, you know, he said, go your way, knowing in advance that when he got there, what he was going to find at the house. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, absolutely, all of us fall short of this, right? But we don't have to. We could grow. We could get better. We could be more like Jesus. Amen. You say, well, that was Jesus. That was because he was the Messiah. That was because he was the Son of God. Uh, but you know, Jesus said in John 14, 12, he said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. Didn't he say it? He said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Because whatever we ask in Jesus' name, Jesus himself backs up his name. Amen. Jesus himself backs up his name. And when he said, go, if Jesus said, go, your son lives, we could say, in the name of Jesus, go, your son lives. And Jesus will back up his name, and Jesus will do in our day what he did 2,000 years ago, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe it today? He said, go your way, your son lives. Amen. And we were studying this story. I love that. Just the words of Jesus. Just how simple it is. Why? Because there's so much power in Jesus. There's so much power in his name. You say, yeah, but that was Jesus and it's so different. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that God raised Jesus up and sat him at his right hand. And in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that he raised us up together with him in heavenly places. 
far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, amen. He raised us up together with him. Jesus' authority is our authority in his name, amen. There's a lot of, like I said when we started off, there's a lot going on in the world today, but bless God, church, we are not part of the problem. We are not even just observers, but we are part of the answer, amen. But we've got to rise up and take the place that Jesus died for us to have, take our place of authority, amen. There was another story that we were, that we were studying together. We, we, we do this Bible study together as a family. We went through the book of Acts and then now we just start, started to do a Bible study just to go through the miracles of Jesus and study them out. Amen. It's good. There's, you know, you learn how to minister, how to pray for people. You learn, you study, renew your mind, you know, to who you are and who he is. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So now we're doing one studying, like I said, through the miracles of Jesus. And the three of us will study together. Um, if Eden's home, you know, we would do it with her. But we, did, we went through the book of Acts. Now we're doing the miracles of Jesus. And it's amazing. We got to this story, there's, you know, there's a couple accounts of Jesus where one was with the madman at Gadara, where he comes to, you know, he's coming off the boat, there's the madman at Gadara, and he comes out to Jesus, and he comes crying out, and he says, have you come here to torment us? How many remember the story? And, and I love that story, because it shows, it just is a picture of the position of who Jesus is, amen. And in that, I could see what, what, who we are. How many know that when you look at Jesus, when you look at how he did things, when you look at his authority, he was not alone in that. He's, like I said, he said, what, he said that whoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. And he's given us his name, amen. And in his name, when we, we look at how he, what he did and how he interacted with people, and we could look at that, what, how people received from him, and we could expect the exact same thing from him today because he's unchanged. Amen. And I think about that story, you know, the madman of Gadara. I think about it. He comes in and, and he cries out, have you come here to torment us? Have you come here to torment us before the time? And he comes in and it was, it was the demons that were feeling the pressure. When Je just Jesus' presence, he just walked into town and they came down and they fell down before him, these demon-possessed people. And they'd said, have you come here to torment us? Have you come here to destroy us, one translation says. You know, so often people talk nowadays, they talk about, man, I went to this place and I felt the pressure, you know, the demonic presence. And I went to this other place and I felt just there was such an oppression there and I felt the oppression. Do you realize that when Jesus went places, it was the kingdom of darkness that felt the pressure? Come on now, amen. When Jesus went places, it was the kingdom of darkness that felt the pressure. But see, the enemy wants to paint a different picture in our minds, doesn't he? Hollywood, man. I, it's, it's so demon-inspired. If you ever see an encounter between, like, demonic forces and some kind of minister or Christian or something in, in a movie, it's always like these, these demonic forces are all powerful and there's some poor priest or something who's just, you know, you know, some huge, you know, like, really, you know, like, force that's just, like, so powerful and this guy's just barely squeaking by, you know. How many of you know that's not true? When Jesus came to town, he didn't have to say a word. <laughs> these these demon-oppressed people and possessed people would run out, fall down on their knees, and you know, try to get ahead of it, man. They would try to get ahead of it. Have you come here to torment us before the time? And he would just say, shut up and come out in Jesus' name. 
I want you to know, so you know, you're, the devil wants you to, well, that was just Jesus. That's because who he was. Yeah, but the Bible says that we've been raised up together with him and his authority is our authority. And I want you to know that when you walk, you could walk into any dark situation. You could walk into any oppressive situation and every spirit and every spiritual force is subject to the God that lives inside of you. Amen? We need to know that in this day. I remember, I probably shared this story here before, but it fits with what we're talking about today. One time when I was in college, secular college, I had first got on campus. And, uh, and this was before I met Jocelyn. This was my first year of school. I was, well, hey, I would have been in the fall. I was 18 years old, you know, and, and I just moved into the dorm. We'd just been there about a week. And, and my, this guy who I had just met said, hey, down the hall, there's this group of students and they're messing with the Ouija board, you know, and they're talking to it and it's saying stuff. And he's like, let's go check it out. And I'm like, all right. I said, let's go check it out. I said, but when I walk in that room, I mean, something just rose up inside of me. I said, when I walk in that room, it's going to stop working. I said, because I'm not going to let a demon manifest in my presence. I said, and he just looked at me like I was nuts, you know. I don't know why, I don't know how I thought he wouldn't think I was nuts. It had to be the Spirit of God, you know. This guy he just met, you know, hey, let's go check out this Ouija board. Yeah, but I'm not going to let demons manifest in my presence, you know. Well, I didn't say a word. We walked down the hall. And, you know, the, the room was packed. The dorm room was packed. People sitting on the beds. It was a two-person dorm room, you know. A typical college room, you know, a couple beat-to-heck desks and two beds and, a, you know, a couple dressers. And there's, it's just crammed with people. It had to be 25, 30 people in there. They're circle around this Ouija board on the floor in the center of the room. And then just on top of the desks and beds and everything, there's just people, Right. And I didn't even say a word, man. They're sitting there. They're, that thing's moving around. There's two people with their hands on it. You know, it's moving around. They're asking it questions. I just see, just as I come in, I see, I just walk in the door with my friend. We're just standing in the doorway. Just step right inside the jam of the door. I didn't say a word. I just stood there. And they, and they said, it's not working. They said, <laughs> they said, it stopped working. I don't know what happened. And I just looked at my friend. He was white as a ghost, man. He just looked at me. He just looked at me, and he was just like, what just happened, man, you know? Hallelujah, amen. You say, yeah, yeah, praise God for that. Praise God for that. You say, well, that's because you're an evangelist. No, it's not because I'm an evangelist. No, it's not because whatever, you know, I'm Jeremy Gall or whatever. No, it's because Jesus raised me up together with him, sat me at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, amen. Because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Because the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of me, amen. Because like I said, he raised me up. I'm seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. And if you're a believer this morning. You're seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God as well. Amen. And listen, if we're going to do everything that we need to do in this day, praise God, we need to take our place of authority. We need to take our place of dominion. We need to take the place that Jesus bought for us to have. The enemy will fight you on it. He'll attack you personally. Ah, that's not for you. That's for everybody else, but that's not for you. You're not qualified. No, you are qualified. I've got good news for you today. Jesus qualified you. I like what Pastor Liz said when she was talking about what Jesus suffered on the cross. And he said that it, she said that it was undeserved and unfair. Isn't that true? 
that what Jesus took on the cross, it was undeserved and unfair, unfair and undeserved. But that was so he could give us a righteousness and a holiness that was also unfair and undeserved, amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know the place of authority we have, it might be unfair and it might be undeserved, but we've still got it, hallelujah. The holiness that he bought for us, it was unfair and it was undeserved, but it doesn't change the fact that he bought it. And as sure as the sun rises, it belongs to us, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, Jesus' beating was unfair and undeserved, and the righteousness and authority that he's given us, it's unfair and undeserved, but it's ours. Everybody say, it's mine. Say, it's mine. He bought it for me. Say, it's mine. Yeah, it's unfair. Yeah, it's undeserved, but it doesn't change the fact that it's ours. It doesn't change the fact that it belongs to us. And I love that, this, this case with this boy, he's at the point of death. Jesus doesn't even need to go to where he is. Jesus just speaks the word only, and he's raised up from his deathbed. The father's on his way home. The servants meet him, and on the way, they say it was at that exact moment, right when Jesus spoke the word, right when Jesus said it, death was defeated, right when Jesus said it, that the thing was turned around, amen. I believe there's still that kind of power in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus is still the same today, and he's given you that kind of authority. It's not something that we need to obtain to, it's not something that we need to earn. It's not some spiritual ladder that we need to climb our way up to. It's something that we have. The real battle is just renewing our minds to what's already ours. Because there's so many forces. There's past failures and past experiences, and you can't, you can't base your faith on that. There's bad doctrine, and that's, out, that's not biblical. That's not based on Scripture, and you can't base your faith on that. And the devil will use every angle, and the kingdom of darkness will use every angle to keep you from walking in what Jesus had for you. But the truth is that you are seated at his right hand, that you do have, you do have a right to use his name. The Bible says, submit your, James 4, 7, the Bible says, submit yourself unto God, therefore resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, but he'll flee from you. And not just, not just, there, not that there would be a power struggle, not that there would be some kind of battling it out, not that there would be some kind of, you know, I'm just barely, but he would flee from you. Everybody say Flee. That means to run from and tear, man. That means to, <laughs> you ever see something flee? Amen. <laughs> it's not just to casually walk off, is it? It's to lay down some tracks. Praise God. He'll flee from you, amen. The Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I've heard people talk about, I've heard people talk about, man, you don't want to, Go to this place. You don't want to mess with these big demons in this place. Oh my God, you know. <laughs> my Lord, where did that doctrine come from, you know? Where did this talk come from? I don't know, because it's not in the Bible. The Bible says that he's placed all things under his feet. If you're a believer, if you call on the name of Jesus, you're part of the body of Christ. Do we have anybody that's part of the body of Christ this morning? If you're a Christian, if you just called on the name of Jesus for the first time in the parking lot before you came in here this morning, if you've been saved for no more than 15 minutes, you are a part of the body of Christ, amen. 
And the Bible says that he's placed all things under his feet. That means the very least part of the body of Christ, the most whatever insignificant part of the body of Christ, which really there is no ins- in- insignificant part of Jesus' body. But you get what I'm saying. If we wanted to come up with some kind of rank, if we wanted to come up with whoever the best Christian is and whoever the worst Christian is, you know, whatever, you know, lie the devil tries to sell you in your mind and tell you, yeah, but it's not you. Listen, the Bible says he's placed all things under his feet. It doesn't matter where you are in the body. If you're part of the body, it's all under your feet. Amen. All of it. The very best that the devil has, the very worst that he can do, the very most power that he can conjure up, it's under your feet. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible said he's a deceiver. This is why he has to be a deceiver. If he was powerful, he wouldn't have to deceive. Did you ever think about that? If he had power, he wouldn't have to deceive. Why does he have to deceive? Because he doesn't have any power. He has to trick you into into yielding your authority and yielding your power so that he can do what he wants to do. That's the only power he has is deception. He wouldn't have to hide if he had real power. He wouldn't have to deceive if he really had the power. Are you hearing me this morning? Is this helping anybody? But I love that picture of Jesus. Speaks the word only, just as your son lives. I mean, just a couple words, you know. Your son lives. Your son lives. My dad, you know, he was the first Christian in our family. He walked into a bookstore and bought these books from this guy that he never heard of. He felt prompted by the Lord, Kenneth Hagin, you know, and he bought these, these teachings, these re- devotionals, actually. And he started to read them. He heard that God was a good God, that God wanted to heal, and, and just things he never heard before in his life, you know. He got born again in a Baptist church and, in North Carolina, and thank God for it. He had a, a, a dramatic salvation experience after he got back from Vietnam, and he was still in the Marines, and then he came back to Cleveland, and found these books from this guy that he never heard of before. Like I said, started reading them. Got set free from combat wounds that he had from Vietnam. Got set free from PTSD. And, and things were happening in his life, praise God. Then one day, they st- then him and my mom started attending an assembly at God Church in Parma, Ohio, just west side of Cleveland. And, and one day, you know, <laughs> they're in church. And this woman falls down in the, in the center aisle of the church and starts seizing. She starts having a seizure. It was a pretty good-sized church, a couple hundred people, you know, packed out Sunday morning. And this woman is, is, is having a seizure in the middle of the aisle. And my mom, this is the part I'm laughing about, not the woman's seizure. I'm laughing at my mom because my mom pushes my dad out into the aisle. And she says, you believe in that healing stuff, do something. My dad's just kind of there, you know. He's just kind of standing in the aisle. Well, here I am, you know. And, and, and he just reached down. My dad, you know. He, like I said, he's, he's, he's just, he always just never was in full-time ministry, you know, never had, a, you know, was never an evangelist or whatever, or pastor or prophet or just a believer. Everybody say a believer. And he got down, knelt down next to that woman. He commanded at the name of Jesus and that seizure instantly stopped. Amen. Instantly stopped. And he, uh, he left. She was calm, stopped, came right out of it. Just like that. She called him after the service and said, I've never had a seizure stop like that before. It's never stopped like that before, just instantly and no, you know, nothing. And then it was just over. 
She said, God did that. How many know that, that we said, well, man, your dad must have been something special. No, he wasn't anything special, but it was the Jesus, amen, the Savior, that when he commanded in Jesus' name, it was Jesus that backed him up, amen. Thank God. And it's the same Jesus that backs you up. So I like to study the works of Jesus because we should renew our minds and we should learn to talk like he talked and walk like he walked. We should learn to think like he thought and we should learn to approach situations like he approached them, amen. This is why we study the word, why we meditate on it, why we get it in our hearts, why we look at it. We look at it and we review our actions and we say, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what he does. This is how he acts. And then we take an inventory and we say, yeah, that last time I faced something, I didn't act like that. And then we make changes and we make adjustments and we act like him. And I found this, the more that I act like him, every step I take, he's always there, Amen. He always backs me up and he'll always meet my faith. How many have found that to be true? And it's not a destination. It's not like, oh, I finally arrived. I've got there. I'm at that place. The Bible says that he's able to, he's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. That means as far as we go, as far as we push, the, the furthest that a person's ever gone with God, the most, the greatest things that they've ever seen accomplished, God was still able to do abundantly above all that they could ask or think. It's not a destination. It's not a place you get to, but bless God, it's an adventure to spend the whole, your whole life just pressing on and saying, this is where I might be now today, but that's not where I'm gonna be tomorrow. Amen, I'm changing, I'm renewing my mind, I'm being transformed, and I'm gonna be a vessel that he could flow through this year more than ever before, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's not something, it's not like that. Well, you got it or you don't got it. No, if you've got Jesus, you've got it. Amen. If you've got Jesus, you've got it. You just got to learn to use it. I'm not talking about trying to get it. I'm not, trying to, I'm not talking about begging God and asking him to give it to you. You've got it. Everybody say, I've got it. It's just an issue of learning to use it. Getting, and if you're using it, then getting better at it and using it more. I'm talking about authority talking about the authority in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Everybody say, I've got it. I heard Brother Jason talked about in one of these Sundays past, he talked about the signs that follow believers. Mark 16, it says, these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe in what? These signs will follow those who believe in my name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, who do you think you are? I'm, I don't think I'm anybody, but I think a whole lot about him. I think a whole lot about him, amen? I think that he's the Jesus of the Bible. I think that he's exactly what Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John told us who he was. I believe he's my savior just like he was Peter's savior, just like he was Paul's savior. I believe that his name is the same in 2023 as it's ever been. I believe that it hasn't lost any of its power. I believe that he's still a healer now, just like he was 2,000 years ago. I believe he's still a deliverer. I believe that the victory that he won on the cross hasn't lost any of its power. I believe that we can still overcome by the blood, amen? And I believe that, we ha that the authority that he's given us, it's still ours today, amen? Is this helping anybody? Hallelujah, <laughs> Praise God, the world needs Jesus. 
The world needs Jesus. How is Jesus going to get to the world? Amen. Next time he comes back, it's to wrap the thing up, so it's not that, amen? <laughs> How's he going to get, how, the world needs Jesus. How's he going to get to him? He has set up this system where when he left, he left us his spirit, he left us his word, and he left us his name to carry on his works, that everywhere we go, we could bring his name, and where we bring his name, we bring his power, we bring his authority, we bring his ability, we bring everything that he is. And that's how the world gets Jesus, amen? That's how they see him. They need to see him today, amen? And he lives inside of you, amen? I was, there was another talking about demons, you know, Demons are, are a real thing, and it's not a Hollywood thing, and, and it's, it's uh, not a funny thing, really. It's a horrible thing. There's another deception of the enemy that, you know, this idea that you miss out on something if, if, you're, not, if you're not part, of, you know, like if you're in the church, you're missing out on all the fun the world has. The devil's not fun. <laughs> the Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. Thank God Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And you look at people tormented by the enemy, and it's not fun. But hallelujah, the, the life with God is fun. Yeah, not just, not just escaping hell, not just, not just making it to heaven, but thank God it's fun. How many of you have found that to be true? It's a great adventure. But you've got this, this image, you know. This deception of the enemy, yeah, but there is a devil. There, is, there, there are demons. And sometimes it's, not, sometimes it's obvious in situations. And some, you know, I just, like I said, I ministered on, the, on that Indian reservation, that Native American reservation, South Dakota this year. Man, they got some stories, you know, stuff that supernatural experiences, demonic experiences. There was one pastor who came to one of my meetings, and I was talking with him, and he shared, you know, he had stories from when he used to do stuff in sweat lodges and contact, you know, spirit guides and stuff, but Jesus saved him and set him free, and he was talking about how much better it was and how glad he was to be free, amen. Met, met uh, other people that were, a man was a Navajo, and he was a skinwalker, and, and he, uh, got set free, and he talked about after he got born again that this, this physical force, this demonic force that was like his spirit guide that he would work with that literally physically threw him around the room the night after he got born again. And, and, and he, he was tormented and battled with it. And he asked his friends, the pastors and the ministers that had led him to the Lord, and they taught him what we're talking about this morning, and they talk, taught him about authority, and he took authority over it, and it stopped, and that was, power was broken off of his life. Amen. And it fled from him, and he was free, and he went on into ministry. Amen? So yeah, the stuff is real. Sometimes it's not that obvious. Sometimes it's not that in your face. Most of the time here in the Western world, it's not. You know, It's not that. He, he plays a different game sometimes here. But I'm telling you, his work's... The garbage he tries to do. Sometimes it's not just, you know, some kind of demonic force, but his, his sickness, his fear, his stealing, his killing and destroying, whatever it is, whatever work he tries to do, thank God we've got authority over all of it. Amen. We're seated above all of it. And not only do we have authority over demons themselves, but we have authority over the whole kingdom and every work of darkness. 
And through that authority, we can demonstrate who Jesus is. And through that authority, not only can we walk in victory ourselves, but we can bring that victory to other people. Amen. And we can let that light shine. Isn't it a wonderful thing about light? When you go home into a dark house, dark apartment, and you turn on the light switch, there's no power struggle. As long as there's power, as long as you've got a working bulb, that darkness instantly flees. Amen. It does, I've never turned on the light with a working light bulb and power getting to the light, and you just see, you know, this battle going on between light and dark, you know. But I've never seen the darkness overtake it. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. I want you to know. Hallelujah. There's a lot of enemies flexing his muscles a lot nowadays, you know. So, a lot, the, this balloon has been in the news a lot, you know, the China spy balloon, you know. China flexing their muscle. I think I've seen a lot of the kingdom of darkness trying to flex its muscle in, the, in these days, too, in spiritually speaking, you know. It, it, you know, not that, but different things. But I want you to know, don't be intimidated by it, amen? Thank God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I, I just right here, I, I know the enemy tries to tell, I believe there's some people here, the enemy's trying to tell you you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna hold out. I don't know exactly what the situation is, but just trying to tell people you're not gonna make it. Hallelujah. He's a liar. Identify that voice. That's not God telling you you're not gonna make it. Are you hearing me today? The psalmist said, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. God didn't call you to failure. He didn't call you to be defeated. He didn't call you to not make it. Are you hearing me this morning? He didn't save you to, just to start a good work in you and then just to leave you hanging in the wind halfway through. The Bible says the good work that he has begun in you, he'll complete until the day of Jesus Christ. Recognize that God's plan for you is to make it all the way, to finish your race and to stand before him and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and then use your authority to enforce that reality. Did you get that? God's plan for you is to make it. Amen. The Bible says he's predestined you for good works. You want to talk about predestination? He, he, he hasn't predestined anybody to be overcome by the devil. Are you hearing me? He's predestined you for good works, the Bible says. And you take a stand on that. And you recognize those thoughts that say you won't make it or you can't do it. You stand against that, say, I will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. He's given us authority. Everybody say this. Say, I have authority. I am seated at the right hand of God. Far above all principality and power. Might and dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this age but also on that which is to come. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it today. We thank you for your authority. We thank you for your dominion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Study the works of Jesus. Study, study the miracles of Jesus. Look at, look at how he acted. Look at how he talked. Look at how he walked. Amen. I remember way back in the, I think it was 90s, you know, they had all, everything was WWJD, what would Jesus do, you know? And, and, and yeah, yeah, what would Jesus do? And we, it was mostly an application of morals, which is good and right, amen. He wouldn't lie, he wouldn't cheat, he wouldn't, you know, what would Jesus do? Yeah, what would Jesus do? He wouldn't give an inch to the devil, amen. 
What would Jesus do? He'd heal the sick everywhere he went. What would Jesus do? He never left anybody in the condition that he found him. They always left better. Amen. Yeah, we need to study the word. We need to see what would Jesus do. And then do it like he would. Amen. And say, how do you do it like Jesus? He was Jesus. You're not Jesus. No, we're not Jesus. How do we do what Jesus did? We let him do it through us. That's how. That's the only way how. We let him do it through us. His name, his power, his love, his compassion. Not only is it impossible to have power to heal and help people like Jesus did, it's impossible to love people like he did without his love inside of us. But bless God, we can give his love and his power by his grace and by his ability. Amen? Praise God. Well, let's use, let's just exercise this today. Can we do that? Amen. Let's exercise this today. We're still pretty early in a year. It's only February, you know, coming up on Valentine's Day, early in 2023. Hallelujah. Let's take some ground this year. Amen. Let's take some ground this year. Let's use our authority like we haven't before. Hallelujah. I could share stories, you know, and, uh, and I'm thankful for it. I, I, I shared another story. I was ministering one time in Elyria, Ohio, and this man asked me after the service, he said, can I talk to you privately? And I said, yeah, I could talk to you privately. Uh, and I went in the side room with him, one of these mother's nursing rooms. And, and he said that he had been a satanic priest. And, and that he said that he had, you know, had all this demonic stuff that went on in his life. And he asked if I would pray for him and minister to him. And he said, listen, he said, I'm not afraid of you. He said, but there's something inside of me that's afraid of you. And I said, yeah, and it's coming out in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and we commanded in Jesus' name. And he got set free. He got set free. But I truly believe that we've only scraped the surface. I mean, just scraped the surface of who we are in Christ and, the, and what he's given us. I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about anybody. I don't care. You, I'm telling you, think about the greatest example of somebody who's walked in the authority like we're talking about this morning. I believe they've just scraped the surface. I mean, Jesus didn't even set himself as the limit. John 14, 12, he said, Whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also in greater works. His purpose was not to manifest the absolute limit of what God could do through a person. Is this helping anybody? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't God incredible? Isn't he beyond all comprehension? Isn't there truly nothing impossible for him? Doesn't the Bible say there's nothing impossible for him? That means you could stretch your imagination, you could take it as far as it could go, and you could say, I wonder if God could do that. And he could say, I could do immeasurably more than that. Because he's God. And he's the God of no impossibility. And we are not in a philosophy business. We are not in a we are not in some kind of idea business. We are in a God who created the heavens and the earth and has called us and lives inside of us business and he's given us his authority, amen, to set people free. Glory to God. All right, amen. I kind of rambled a little bit. I hope this helped you, amen. <laughs> Say amen if it helped you. If you're able to stand, stand to your feet. If it's more comfortable for you to sit, go ahead and do that. And we're gonna speak this name of Jesus today, all right? I don't know what you need. I know that I am myself am not able to help you. Are you hearing me? But I know what Jesus said in his word. And he said,
to me and he said it to you that if I ask in his name, he would do it. And I don't stand up here with any confidence in myself, but I want you to know that my confidence is in him today. And whatever it is that you're facing, he is up for the challenge, amen. He is able, he's greater. No matter how bad it is, no matter how hopeless your situation seems, I want you to know that we serve a God of no impossibility. If it's a healing thing, I love the story of Lazarus. Because, you know, the Bible said that he was dead for four days before Jesus got on the scene and raised him up. And as I look across the room this morning, everybody here is at least four days ahead of him. Amen. (laughs) You at least got a four-day lead on Lazarus. And if it wasn't too late for him, it's not too late for you either. There was the madman of Gadara that we talked about a little this morning. You say, yeah, but I've got mental trouble. Madman of Gadara, he didn't even have clothes on. They couldn't even keep clothes on the guy. He didn't live in a house. They couldn't tie him up with chains. You want to talk about mental health? He was about the most mentally unhealthy person that I've ever heard of. He's cutting himself with chains. I mean, cutting himself, excuse me, breaking chains. They can't keep him in chains. He doesn't have clothes on. Anybody walks by the guy, he beats him up. Looks to me like everybody here is better off than him. Amen. If it wasn't too late for him, it's not too late for you, praise God. If Jesus could turn around his situation, he could turn around your situation. These stories were not written to be fables, to be fairy tales, to be mythical things that we tell to get, you know, some kind of like just inspiration from. They were things that actually happened to real people so that we would know what kind of savior he is, so that we would know what he's able to do, so that you would know what to expect from him. And then the Bible tells you this, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same savior today as he was then. So I'm going to command in Jesus' name. We're going to pray about a few things. We'll talk about healing. We'll talk about mental torment and things like that. And we'll just speak that name. Speak the name, the name that's above every other name named. And if you need something from the Lord, put yourself in receiving mode. But as I use my authority and I command you, use your authority as well. Amen. You speak to your situation. You speak to your body. As I'm doing it up here, let's just join together. Let's just, let's just agree. Amen. Let's command things to change. Jesus is here. Everybody say, Jesus is here. Hallelujah. He's here to heal backs. Amen. Hallelujah. He's here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. He's here to heal backs this morning. Oh, he's so wonderful. He's everything the Bible tells us he is. Amen? He's just exactly who the gospel says he is. We don't need to invent a different Jesus in 2023 to fit what we think the norm is, to fit what we think normal experience is, and change the Bible and change our belief to fit more what things look like around us. We can look right at the word and we can say that's who he is. When he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, that's who he is. When he set free this man's son who was at the point of death, that's the kind of Jesus I serve. When he opened blind Bartimaeus' blind eyes, that's who Jesus is. That's what he's like. Amen. He hasn't changed. And he's here today. Glory to God. 
and we're going to command, like I said, about mental things. Hallelujah. I, I, and I, I, I could tell you a lot of testimonies. We've seen God do it. Don't have time this morning. I probably went a little bit long already, but hey, we got till six. We're good, right? So, <laughs> but I've, we've seen people set free from so many clinical depression and people get off depression meds and PTSD and people who had been beaten and were just agoraphobic, afraid to leave the house, and the Lord just set them free in their minds. Thank God he could renew our soul. Amen. People set free from different addictions. Smoking. Hallelujah. I remember this one man prayed for him. He'd battled with trying to get free from smoking for years and came back to that church two years later and He thanked me. He said, you prayed for me that night. I'd been battling with it for decades, and instantly it was broken, and I was set set free. I know it doesn't always happen in an instant like that, but thank God he can always do it. Amen. We'll pray about some of these things this morning. And when I say we'll pray, what we're going to do what the Bible says, we're going to speak that name. That's the authority that he's given us. I'm going to speak it. You speak it. Speak it over yourself. Speak it over the people around you. Let's agree together. And let's drive off the lies and works of the devil that have no place in the life of a child of God. Amen? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Not just resist the devil and he'll flee from the apostles in the book of Acts. Not just he'll resist the devil and he'll flee from somebody that's really holy and specially called of God. A set, you know, a real. No, he'll flee from any believer. With all of our imperfections and all of our failures, thank God. Amen. All the, all the places that we miss it. We might miss it, but he's never missed it. And he's the, and he's the source of our authority. Amen. All right. If you... Uh, do you know it doesn't matter what, but just if you're going to release your faith for something, believe your faith for you know believe God for something this morning. Just raise your hand so I can see it and hold it up. All right, good. Hands all over the place. Everybody, look around real quick. See people's hands up. We're agreeing with people this morning. We're going to stand together. All right, you can put them down. Hallelujah. Backs, necks. Hallelujah. Mental things. Praise God. Knees. Praise you, Jesus. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's too hard for him. Hallelujah. Digestive things. Hallelujah. Ulcers. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> Arteries, heart, heart conditions, heart disease. Thank you, Lord. Nothing's too hard for him, is it? Nothing's too difficult for him today. Father, we just worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your love and for your mercy. Right now in the name of Jesus, glory to God, right now in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, right now in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Jesus said whatever whatever we ask in his name, whatever we command in his name that he would do, hallelujah. Father, we take authority over the devil and every attack that he's tried to work against the people of God. We take authority over him this morning. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus is here and our confidence is in him. We command mental torment to stop in people's lives today. Father, we command these mental battles that people might be having. It's not who they are. The new creature is not mentally inferior in any way. And there's things that attack our souls, but Father, we thank you that you're the restorer of our souls. 
And we command mental torment and dysfunction to stop in the name of Jesus. Devil, you take your fear and you take your deception and you take your perversion of things and you go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we command freedom to people's minds today. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the healer. Yeah, Jesus is the healer today, just like he was 2,000 years ago. And right now, we take authority over sickness and disease of every kind. Hallelujah, lungs, you open up, hearts, you beat normal. Disease, growths, you go, joints, you be loosed in the name of Jesus. Ears, you hear in Jesus' name, that's it. In the name of Jesus, ears, you hear, eyes, you see. Bodies, you operate properly, sickness, disease, deficiency, conditions, blood conditions. Go in Jesus' name. Pain, go in the name of Jesus. Migraines and and, and just that fog over people's minds and heads. Go in the name of Jesus, be broken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Let's all thank him together. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. And as you thank him, just do what you couldn't do before. Take that deep breath. Move that joint. Move that whatever. Thank him for it. Let's thank him together. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Thank you, Lord, for freedom from all the works of the enemy. Thank you, Father, for freedom from all the works of the enemy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Everybody say it again. Say, I've got authority. Say it one more time. Say, I've got authority in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who already this morning says something changed in your body as we prayed, just as we took authority together? Says something's different. Something changed. I just really got something about that. Uh, just raise your hand so we could see it as a testimony if that was you. Amen, brother. Yeah, anybody else? Say something changed in my body right here. Amen. Let's rejoice right over there. Let's rejoice with these folks. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you didn't feel something change. Maybe you couldn't because you'd need to scan it some other time. Just continue to stand with your authority and say, no, I've had enough. Devil, this is it. What did Jesus say to that man? Go, your son lives. Hallelujah. You've got that authority. Speak to your body. No, no, no. In the name of Jesus, I refuse this. You know, way back in the, in the early days of the Word of Faith movement, people would say, you know, they'd get a bad report or something, and they'd say, I don't receive that. And, you know, there's something good about that. That's good. I don't receive it. There's, there's something to that that's using your authority to say, I'm not going to join in with this. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to say, okay, this is just reality and this is what it is. I'm going to resist. And that's my first line of resistance of saying, no, I don't accept this. I don't receive it. Are you hearing me? Amen. That's, that's a form of authority. That's saying, no, I'm not signing off on this, you know. Somebody that used to have to sign for packages, seems like you don't as much anymore, you know, but once in a great while, uh, you know, somebody comes and, and, and somebody would bring a package to your house and then they'd say, sign here. Well, the enemy tries to bring all kinds of packages to you. Don't sign for it, amen. It might show up at your door, it might knock. They might be blowing up the doorbell, amen. 
Say, no, I'm not signing for it. I don't receive it. This is not my reality. This is not what Jesus died for me to have. This is not in my story, amen. You say, man, I've already messed up. I've already signed for it. It's already in the house. That's all right. Get it out the house. Open up the door, amen. Put it out on the tree lawn. Let it be somebody else's problem, you know, the devil's problem, amen. Resist. Use your authority. And then we got to think beyond that. And I'll close with this, I promise. This is like my third closing. (laughs) But, you know, beyond that, this authority is not just for our well-being. That's where you start. You're not much good to anybody else if if you're all bound up yourself, right? But that's not the end result of it. That's not the end result of it. Amen. You, you use your authority concerning your life, concerning your body, concerning your household. And then bless God, start to affect the things going on around you. Amen. In your circle of influence, in your workplace, in your family, in your nation. Praise God. Elections and crime and, and all these things, that all these stuff that's going on, man. I want you to know that the church has power and authority in the earth today. Authority through prayer, authority through intercession. Somebody says, man, we need a move of God. We need revival. We can do something about that. God wants it. I believe he's waiting on us. We're not waiting on him. Amen. I don't think we're waiting for anything else from God. How do we do that? We use our authority. We claim it. Amen. We pray it out. We pray with him. We work with God. The Bible says we're co-laborers. God's not lazy. He's not reluctant. Hallelujah. He showed he wasn't reluctant at the cross. Praise God. I could go on all day, but I won't. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's thank God for what he's done in this place this morning. Let's thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be with you guys. Praise God. Amen. I'm excited about this year. How about you? I'm excited about this year. In my spirit, I know, you know, the COVID things and stuff, but just in my spirit, I feel like we're on the other side of some things spiritually. Amen? I feel like we've come out of some things. I believe we're pressing into the brightest days we've seen with nothing holding us back. Amen? I just, you know, I just think there's bright days ahead. I believe this is a good year. I believe this is a year of miracles. I believe this is a year where the kingdom of God is going to take ground. Amen? I believe it. Hallelujah. Bible says, forget those things which are behind and press forward to that which lies ahead. You can't change the mistakes of the past. You can't do anything differently. You can't, you can't, you can't redo yesterday, but bless God, you could get tomorrow right with God's help. Amen. You can't redo yesterday, but tomorrow you could get right by the grace of God. Lord, we thank you for it. I just got a lot of unction. I just feel like I want to yell at you all day. Amen. (laughs) I love you guys. I love you guys. Amen. Oh, praise God. Praise God. That's just so good. That is so good. Uh, Jason and I, we're working on conmarrying our house. You know what that is? It's like an old school book from like 2011, and she's got some funky beliefs. But she helps people clean out their houses. You got to go through your house and you get rid of stuff. And we're not, we don't keep a lot normally, but we're going to go to the next level. We're going to go to the next level. And um, what you do is you have to get the stuff, and she, she encourages you to touch each item. 
to touch each item, to really know, to really have peace about is it going or is it staying, and be real, real particular about what stays. And that is the work that we do, that we're doing here. What belief needs to go? It needs to go in Jesus' name. And we talked a couple weeks ago um, about partnerships, that we can make partnerships with fear and not even know it. It's like the devil just plants it, and he just moves on, and now we're doing his work because we just are partnered with fear. Like, tell me what to do here. Okay, I'm going to do that. We make partnerships, and we, have, we break those partnerships. As you go this week, God has done something here. He's done something here. Jesus opens blind eyes. He opens blocked ears. Look for those partnerships. You have all authority in heaven. Break them in the name of Jesus. And go, and go in the freedom that he died for. It was for freedom. It was for freedom that he has set us free. So I'm going to leave you with this benediction. I'm going to bless you in the name of Jesus in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Uh, if you want prayer, we will have people up here to pray with you with authority, to partner with you, uh, come into agreement with you in authority over whatever it is that you need prayer for. There was something else, Jason, you told me to say. If you want to bless this ministry, don't forget, just grab an envelope, just write Jeremy Gall's ministries and put it in the box. Um, if you've been blessed, you can be a blessing. Go out, go out, go out and be blessed.